Welcome to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson. There is a resistance to prayer. It's either distraction or it's just sometimes like an indifference comes upon us. And that's not imaginary. We have a text right here that's telling us that is what happens when we pray. Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study through the books of the Old Testament prophets. Join us as Pastor Brian concludes his teaching on Daniel chapter 10. Now here's Pastor Brian. The Persian Empire was replaced by the Grecian Empire. And we saw, and we're going to see again, you know, Alexander the Great, He conquers the Persians. He conquers the known world at the time. His kingdom extends all the way to India. It's amazing the vastness of Alexander's empire, but then he dies and his four generals take over. And then we talk a little bit about that history uh, between the northern power north of Israel, the the Seleucid kingdom and and the Ptolemaic kingdom in the south and how they battled. And, you know, it was murderous and it was horrific just as all world empires are. But here's the crazy thing. And this is what I was thinking about. So I think I told you guys, you know, I went to Canada and the beginning of the week, I'm going to go to Canada on, supposed to go that week, but I'm going to go through Seattle to be, uh, Saturday night, Cheryl has that intense uh, vertigo attack. And that puts her in the hospital. And then the next few days, she's got a retreat coming up. She's feeling like, I can't go to the retreat. I I cancel part of my trip. She ends up feeling better. I decide I'm going to go on my trip. So she goes to the retreat. I go to the airport. I go to check in. And this retreat's been being planned for months and or this conference with these, you know, pastors in Canada who haven't had a conference in a couple of years. And they're really excited about this, but they're having all kinds of challenging little situations on their end as well. But I get to the airport and I go to check in and they say, sorry, sir, we don't have a flight for you. Uh, can't find your name in the, here anywhere. And so a little, little glitch there. And we got through it and I got on the flight and I, I made it up there. And so anyway, as, you know, as time went on and we all kind of started comparing notes, the guys that came from Western Canada, from BC, they had the greatest flood in the known history of Western Canada, wiped out freeways, bridges, overflowed communities, took them what would have taken them 11 hours, took them 30 hours to get there. So, so all of this stuff, you know, I mean, you don't want to just say, well, you know, the devil was after us. He trying to block my ticket, and then this happened on the road and all that. But the point is, it's true. It's true. And here's what I want us to see. Everything from sometimes these little inconveniences that after a while you kind of realize, wait, this is more than a coincidence because this thing just keeps happening over and over and this and that and that. And suddenly you see like, you know, the enemies that work here, everything from that 
to world empires is the activity of the devil. You know, C.S. Lewis, when he wrote his great, great book, Screwtape Letters, C.S. Lewis, who knew about what imperial demonic forces were about, he chooses to write the Screwtape Letters about the personal experience of the individual Christian and the devil. So all that to say, Daniel, what he's understanding here is this whole thing about these powers are the ones who are really in control. And now here's some practical application. Remember Paul said, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the principalities and the powers. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. What is Paul saying? Paul is saying, we're not fighting human beings. We're fighting spiritual forces. If we lose sight of that, then what we do is we start fighting human beings. And we don't get anywhere because they're not really the ones. They're under the control of the evil forces and powers. And of course, God uses sometimes human intervention, like with wars and law enforcement and things like that to stop evil. But, you know, I think of of the, you know, we as the Christian church, when we look at the crazy things going on in our society. And as we look at the politics and as we look at all of these different kinds of things, but we have to recognize that there's a greater power behind all of this stuff that can't be stopped through any other means than spiritual means. So getting mad at and shouting and screaming and calling names and all the kind of stuff that some preachers are doing today toward the politicians today It's like, what does that do? It does nothing except make us look crazy. So we have to get our perspective right. We have to recognize, no, I'm I'm not in a fight with the governor of California. I'm not in a fight with the president of the United States. I'm in a fight, we are in a fight with the prince of the power of the air. We are in a fight with the prince of the kingdom of the United States who is behind the scenes in this great war that Daniel was given insight to. So that's why we have to do what Daniel did. We have to pray. Because that's, that's what changes. And we have to live. We have to live out the gospel. And we have to proclaim the gospel. And we have to pray. And yes, we should vote. And we should do all of those kinds of things too. But at the end of the day, we have to understand what's really going on. And that's the beauty of this chapter. It shows us what's really going on behind the scenes. So while, while, verse 15, he was saying this to me, I bowed with my face toward the ground and was speechless. 
Then one who looked like a man touched my lips, and I opened my mouth and began to speak. I said to the one standing before me, I am overcome with anguish because of the vision, my Lord, and I feel very weak. How can I, your servant, talk with you, my Lord? My strength is gone and I can hardly breathe. Wow. We all want a a vision of the Lord, but I don't know about the response. Sounds kind of undoing here. Verse 18, again, the one who looked like a man touched me and gave me strength. Do not be afraid, you who are highly esteemed. He said, peace, be strong now, be strong. And when he spoke to me, I was strengthened and said, speak, my Lord, since you have given me strength. So he said, do you know why I have come to you? Soon I will return to fight against the prince of Persia. And when I go, the prince of Greece will come. But first, I will tell you what is written in the book of truth. And then a little parenthetical statement. No one supports me against them except Michael, your prince. And in the first year of Darius the Mede, I took my stand to support and protect him. So really interesting. Now, what is, I mean, what is this even like? You know, so this angelic messenger, let's say it's Gabriel, is talking about a conflict that he's involved in. What does that look like? We don't really know. You know, what, how, how do these spiritual forces in this realm, how do they battle each other? What, you know, what is the outcome of these battles? Can they be slain in battle or do they just retreat at some point for some reason that, who knows? We, we don't really know. But what we do know is it's real. And we need to see the world through this biblical lens. This is what you call a worldview. How do you see the world? Now, a lot of people are materialist, right? What does that mean? It means they just see the world as strictly material. There, there is no spiritual realm. There are no spiritual forces. There is no such thing as the devil. That's all make-believe. That's all fairy tale stuff. But I think just a good hard look at history would refute that. You know, there was a a famous atheistic philosopher in England during, before and during and after the Second World War. He went into the Second World War, he didn't fight the war, but his mindset going into the Second World War was a materialistic mindset. He was an atheist. There was no such thing as a God, spirits, all of that is make-believe. During the Second World War, he concluded there must be a devil because this kind of horror 
could not originate solely from human beings. He went into the world war as an atheist. He came out as a theist because he concluded if there's a devil, there must be a God. I don't know that he ever became a Christian, but he shifted from atheism to theism. But that's, that was the effect that the war had on him and the, and the horrors of Nazism and you know, all, of the, all of the things that transpired around that, that great conflict. When we think about this, again, as, as I've already said, prayer is the way that we have to address these things, whether they're the little annoying types of things. Matt and Elizabeth, if they wanted to take the time, they could come and tell us all kinds of stories about, you know, not, not something as trivial as not having your ticket when you go to check in or like the things I'm talking about, which I, I do think there's something to that. But just the opposition and, you know, things that they face, just trying to do what they're doing on a, on a daily basis. From family sickness and government opposition and, you know, all kinds of things. And so the big takeaway from this 10th chapter has to be we need to pray. We need to pray more. And we need to recognize that it, that's, that's how change is going to come. But we need to remember that there's resistance to prayer. Do you, ever, do you notice that? that there's resistance to prayer. Steve, do you notice that? <laughs> Steve and I, with a few others, we pray on Tuesday mornings. You know, sometimes I, I'm coming over to the church on Tuesday morning, coming here to pray. It's great. Get to the prayer meeting and all of a sudden, I just feel like I'm going to go back to sleep right now. But I've had that experience many times over. And there, there is a resistance to prayer. It's either distraction or it's just sometimes like an indifference comes upon us. And that's not imaginary. We have a text right here that's telling us that is what happens when we pray. Daniel prays. God dispatches a messenger, but that messenger is held up for 21 days, the entire time that Daniel prayed. And then aid came. What, again, what, how, what, I, we don't know. We don't know how. We don't know exactly what it looks like. We just know that this is, this is what happens. So I know for myself, I, I get this conviction over and over again. It's like, yeah, Everything's good and keep doing what you're doing, but, but pray, pray more. People should always pray and not lose heart. And Jesus said in that very context right there, when the son of man returns, will he find faith on the earth? And the faith on the earth is connected to praying. You see, prayer is an act of faith. By, by praying, I'm basically saying, I believe in God and I believe that God works. And therefore, I'm going to call upon God to work. 
So, God help us to pray. And so he goes on, we'll go right into the 11th chapter here real quick. He says, Michael, you're prince. So he's the one who supports me. And in the first year of Darius, the Mede, I took my stand to support and protect him. Now, there's actually some question as to whether the messenger, the angelic messenger, is supporting Darius the Mede, or is he supporting Michael, just as Michael was now supporting him? And that's just up for interpretation. It, it could go either way. I, I kind of think it has to do with Darius the Mede, because we know that Darius was the one who um, had the relationship with Daniel. And perhaps it was through the influence and the prayers of Daniel that the angel is talking about the fact that he stood up to protect Darius. So now I tell you the truth. Three more kings will arise in Persia and then a fourth who will be far richer than all the others. When he has gained power by his wealth, he will stir up everyone against the kingdom of Greece. So the Greeks and the Persians had this ongoing conflict and they would kind of go back and forth as far as victories would go until Alexander's father, Philip, was the one who was originally leading against the Persians in these various battles. But then Alexander rises up. This young man rises up as this great military strategist, this great warrior. And so things go back and forth. But then a mighty king will arise. This is Alexander, who will rule with great power and do as he pleases. After he has risen, his empire will be broken up and parceled out toward the four winds of heaven. It will not go to his descendants, nor will it have the power he exercised because his empire will be uprooted and given to others. And so that's what happened. Alexander died at the age of 30 years old in Babylon after a couple of weeks of illness. And because he had no heir, his kingdom was divided up bef between his four generals. And now the rest of the 11th chapter through the 35th verse, from verse 5 through 35, is going to talk in detail about the conflict between, as I mentioned earlier, the northern and the southern kingdoms. They're north of Israel and south of Israel. That's why they're northern and southern, because Israel is the center of this prophecy. And so in these verses, these next 30 verses, this amazingly specific, minutely detailed prophecy is going to be given about what happens over 200 years in this ongoing conflict between the northern Greek power, the Seleucids, 
and the southern Greek power, the Ptolemies. And I mentioned this early on in the study of Daniel. This prophecy is so specific, so detailed, so accurate historically that in the third century, one of the opponents of the Christian faith rose up and stated that this was not a prophecy, but this was written as history, not by Daniel, who lived in the fifth century, but by some guy who took the name of Daniel, who actually lived after the events. And and this guy was, he was an opponent of the faith. And interestingly, he attacked the, the validity of these prophecies out of the whole book of Daniel, the 11th chapter is the chapter that he went after. Well, it wasn't a chapter back then, but it was the section of Daniel that he attacked. And in response to him, one of the early church theologians named Jerome, he wrote a rebuttal. And Jerome actually wrote the first Christian commentary on the book of Daniel in response to Prophyry this antagonist to the faith. And Jerome wrote asserting that Daniel did not live in the second century BC, but he lived in the fifth century BC. And this was not written in the second century BC. This was written in the the fifth century BC. And, of course, among the Jews, there was evidence for that because Daniel was included in the Greek translation which preceded that period of time. So there's a lot of different things that are involved there. So we are going to stop right here, and we're going to come back, and we're going to finish up Daniel. And there's a few things of interest that I will touch on. You know, it's, it's difficult And in many ways, the the only real relevance to us today is to just know the accuracy of it. But all of the different players are not so important. But I will tell you a couple of names that are here that we would know. One of them is a woman named Cleopatra. Ever heard of her? (laughs) She's in Daniel 11. And have you ever heard of Mark Anthony? Mark Anthony is in Daniel 11. So it's amazing that this, this history here. So we'll, we'll touch a little bit on that. But then we will pick up at the end of the 11th chapter where like we saw in the 8th chapter, there is this projection from this person, Antiochus Epiphanes, there's a projection out in history to a person who will do what he did, but on a much larger scale in the very end of time. For the month of January, Back to Basics Radio is offering a book titled 40 Days of Grace by Paul David Tripp. 
Choices that we make have lasting effects, and we all live with regrets. But are you paralyzed by your past? Do you live in the dark shrouds of if-onlys? Does your past influence your present more than God's past, present, and future grace? Have you received and are living out the forgiveness that is yours because of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus? Well, in his book, 40 Days of Grace, Paul David Tripp will take you deep into the grace of God. He will help you understand God's grace that exposes what you want to hide so he can forgive you and deliver you. You will get to know God's grace that welcomes you to live with a hope in the present because it will free you to leave your past behind. God's grace is essential for the Christian life. It is something you will never deserve, but can always expect. If you need to experience the grace of God, we encourage you to call us right now at 1-800-733-6443 or visit us online at backtobasicsradio.com to order 40 Days of Grace by Paul David Tripp. And when you give a gift to Back to Basics, we'll send you this book as our way to say thank you. We do appreciate your generous support of this ministry. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443. That's 1-800-733-6443. Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue tomorrow with more valuable insights from Pastor Brian as we study together in the book of Daniel. Back to Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.